the tea health show your medical lifestyle podcast brought to you by the tea clinic good morning i'm dr mark this is the tea health show in studio today i have a colleague and good friend lauren kate fletcher um lauren you've been in the aesthetic industry all your for all your career um, welcome. Thank it's you. wonderful to have you here. And as always, my sexy and vivacious um, producer, Simpiwe. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know what? Um, I, I'm tired that you're single. So it's time that we find you a rich husband. Yes, I'm ready to be a housewife. So um, No, yes. you will work on Thursday mornings. Oh, so. Okay, I can, I can handle that. <laughs> so today we're talking about aesthetics. This morning I was on Gareth's show at quarter to seven and um, he, he said to me, aesthetics, it's actually a, a bit of a controversial subject. I think people are... Um, prejudiced against it, you know, but it's that simple thing, the haves and the have-nots, have Botox or don't have Botox. Um, and, um, you know, it, there's a couple of things on, on, on the market. Some of the old stalwarts that we have, your neuromodulators, your tissue fillers, skin treatments, but there's some new treatments. We've spoken about them on the show before, the biostimulators. So I'm going to hand over to Lauren uh, to ask the questions today. Lauren, um, I'll over ask to the you. Question. Yes, thank you, Mark. I think with the biostimulator, um, what I, uh, I really want to get across to the listeners is what do you feel is the the biggest mind shift that patients and doctors have to get through when it comes to the discussion around biostimulators? Well, number one, we need to understand what a biostimulator is and uh, what it does. So in my opinion, it's it's got a couple of benefits. Um, number one, um, we need to understand the anatomy of the skin and what happens to the skin as we age. Sims, do you want to venture a guess? Uh, we get older, you know, things... Start working slower? Yes, absolutely. Exactly <laughs> absolutely. Slow so down. in our skin, we have the majority of the skin. Is it 70% uh, of your skin is made up of collagen? Yes. Now, there's different types of collagen, and that's important for us to understand, but we'll, we'll get into them just now. Collagen starts decreasing from your 20s by 1% per year. So if you get to 50, you have 40% less collagen in the skin than you had in your 20s. And that leads to signs of aging. So collagen is the support structure of the skin. Think of it as the scaffolding that keeps the skin plump and supported. Now, when it starts decreasing not only is there thinning of the skin, but the structure starts falling apart. And this leads to the signs of aging. Um, number one, we start seeing laxity in the skin. Now, an easy way to check for laxity in your own skin 
is taking your thumb and forefinger mm-hmm. and pinching the skin on your cheek and pulling it away from from your face. Okay. So if it's like a rubber band that you can pull and stretch, you have laxity in the skin. Now, I've had a couple of the polyalactic acid treatments, um, which is a biostimulator. And if you can see, if you can actually try and pinch my skin, you won't be able to do it. So I have nice, plump, thick skin that's almost stuck mm-hmm. to the muscles in my face. And that's what we want. We also start seeing sagging in the skin. Now, this is that instant um, morning in front of a mirror facelift that everyone does. Oh, um, where, you, oh. where you just put your fingers on your on your cheekbones and you pull up and say, oh my God, my neck looks better and my jaws look better. That's sagging in the skin. We also start losing volume in the face um, as we age. And this morning it was actually quite a revelation when I told um, Pumi and um, uh, Punzi and, and Gareth about the changes that happen to the support structures of the face. Number one, you start seeing changes in the shape of a skull. Okay? Sure. So um, if we take a skull from a young person, in other words, you, mm-hmm. and we take uh, my skull uh, or a female my age and a female skull of, let's say, 60 Mm-hmm. There are very, very big differences. Number one is that the shape of your eye socket mm-hmm. change. When we're young, the socket is round. Why? Because it um, actually accommodates a round structure. The eyeball is round. Mm-hmm. But as we age, it starts becoming more oval. It starts looking like a rugby ball. And now it creates a space where there wasn't a space. Mm. And as we get older, it becomes even more round, um, oval, and eventually becomes quite square. And that leads to a decrease of the support under the eye area. So on your cheek, your mid-face, your mid-cheek between uh, next to the nose and the cheekbone, that area there, it starts flattening out. So think about it. If I put something under a duvet, the duvet stretches Mm -hmm. and the duvet is supported. But if I take that balloon and I start deflating it, you will see that, you know, the duvet almost starts wrinkling. Mm. Uh, There's no more support. One of the other big changes that happens to the skull itself is the bone Mm. of your mandible. So your jaw. Sure. Remember the jaw is a loose structure. And ideally when we're young, we want a sharp angle, a 90 degree angle in the jawline. But as we get older, that angle starts opening up. So it becomes more oblique, if I can call it like that. So if you put your um, finger on the angle of a jaw, mm-hmm. um, right here at your neck, that becomes a bigger angle. So it's no longer sharp. I always like to refer to Angelina Jolie in Women mm-hmm. and Henry Cavill in Men, mm-hmm. who has the best 
jawline uh, I've ever seen on a guy. Uh, everything is angular and square. Um, and when that happens, you also have a loss of height in the mandible. So it's, it's the space between the teeth and the bottom of the jaw becomes thinner. And it starts recessing, it pulls back, it shrinks. So you don't have support in the lower face when, when this starts happening. And that now leads to a further sagging in the lower part of the face, the lower half of the face. Mm. One of the other signs of aging in the skin is a decrease in the luminosity of the skin. So the skin becomes dull, it becomes pigmented. Your polyallactic acid biostimulators address all these conditions through producing more collagen. And that's important. It's not collagen that you buy in the shop that's going to improve the quality of the skin. Mm-hmm. It's a biostimulator. It's something that we need to go and put into the skin. And for me, this was a breakthrough treatment. Lauren, does that basically answer your question? Yes, absolutely. And I think, I think the one thing to really highlight is all these um, changes that happen in our anatomical structure happen over a long period of time. So as much as we gradually age... What I feel a biostimuli does is it gradually reverses that aging. So in, yeah, the, in, yeah, in, in the concept of immediate gratification that we have nowadays, and that's what I was uh, referring to, especially with the, the mindsets that we have when it comes to aesthetics, is that the fear that's been accumulated around aesthetics is because we are pushing for these instantaneous changes. And the gradual um, reversal creates much more of a natural approach. I I think one of the things that perpetuated the fear around aesthetic treatments is faces that look obviously treated and overdone. Mm -hmm. So prior to the biostimulator coming onto the market, the only way that you could create a lifting in the face other than going for surgery was by volumizing it. So again, think about, um, you know what, when I put a balloon under a wrinkled uh, sheet, Mm -hmm. as I start filling the balloon up, it gives support and stretches the skin. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why we saw so many overdone cheeks and cheekbones and fullness under the eye was because of the overuse of a product that filled mm-hmm. instead of treating the underlying condition, which was collagen mm-hmm. loss. Um, and with the biostimulators, it's changing the whole scope of aesthetic 
practice. Um, I remember sculpture, which is a biostimulator, was the first biostimulator to be launched in South Africa, and it was launched in 2021. Gosh, it feels like so so much longer, but yeah, it's been on the market three years. And um, as I'm part of the Galderma Aesthetic Network um, and uh, Galderma being the biggest uh, dermatological company in the world uh, or the dermatological pharmaceutical company in the world. Um, why was I saying that? I have no idea. I'm one giving some um, free publicity to Galderma. Okay, I, I got my train of thought back. So, you know what? It's hard getting old. So, um, when, when we had our initial training, I think we were 12, eight doctors. Yes. Eight doctors the, in yeah. South Africa that was trained initially on doing this. On the first day of training, I said to um, Galdoma as a company, as well as my colleagues, this is going to change the face of aesthetics and it's going to change aesthetic treatments. And Definitely in my practice, it has. Lauren, um, you deal with a lot of doctors, um, some of the bigger injection, injectors uh, in South Africa. It's changed the majority of our practices, am I correct? Absolutely. Um, such a nice visual that I like to refer to in terms of um, the the before the biostimulators enter the market, the concept of lifting with a very small um, uh, uh, smaller options in the toolbox was if you take um, the the concept of a, a breast augmentation or mm -hmm. a breast implants. You know, if you are just wanting to have a lift in the breast, but not wanting the scarring of a surgical scar, the only real option was to go with an implant and the more lifting you needed, the bigger the implant you needed to put in. And that was, is the whole volumizing aspect that was being created by trying to, to eradicate the, the drop and the uh, sagging of the skin. So now, We've seen so many of our actresses that just the eyes became smaller and smaller because the cheeks were just like big boobs. Yes. Um, wow. You know, but the... the the cheeks were starting to close the eyes because of the volume that was in there. So that they don't have the folding uh, in the lower face, the nasolabia lines, uh, the marionette lines, and the jowls. So, you know, that concept is now archaic. It was something that prior to the biostimulators was only really effectively addressed by um, tissue re positioning and that was mm. usually surgery hmm. yeah. sure yeah and i think also um mark in terms of the different decades that come into your practice um i feel that and your th your thoughts um are also um of great importance and how you interact with the different decades when it comes to biostimulatory treatment. Do you think it's a treatment that can be offered from your second to third decade all the way up to fifth, sixth decades? 
You know what, Lauren? I, I want to circle back um, and, and then take a step back before I answer that question. Um, we, we need to understand what a biostimulator is and what makes it so special. Biostimulator is a product that, when injected in the skin, uh, creates a cellular response on a cellular level. Um, and here we are specific, specifically looking at collagen stimulation. So you want to inject something in the skin that's going to stimulate uh, collagen through a natural process. And the natural process of that is an inflammatory process where these particles create a controlled inflammatory reaction that um, you have an immune response to. You start sending immune cells to start investigating what, is, what are these foreign particles? What do I need to do about them? So the skin doesn't like anything strange. Mm. The body doesn't like anything strange. So it's going to try and contain it. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you have macrophages, which are small little cells. And you know what? The particles are too big for them to eat up. So they start joining together and they form what we call giant cells. Now a giant cell then encapsulate this foreign particle. And then to start keeping it in place and keeping it stable and keeping it contained, it starts producing fibroblasts. Now, fibroblasts are the cells that produce collagen in the skin. So as we get older and we start losing collagen, which starts happening in your 20s, by already then starting to stimulate collagen production so that you keep your fibroblast activity optimal and you keep on producing good quality of collagen is essential to prevent aging. Now, we... We've always advocated your neuromodulators to be started at around about 30 um, so that you prevent lines from becoming permanent and visible. Mm. You want movement in the face. Absolutely. There's nothing worse than a face that doesn't move because it's, a, it's an expressionless face. We need expression to con they messages. If you can't lift your eyebrows um, or if you, your eyes don't smile, people find you to be insincere. Mm -hmm. That's um, just weird. <laughs> it is weird. It, it looks weird. If a face is not moving, it's, it's weird. Um, a millimeter change um, in skin conveys a different message every single time. So we need very little movement to change the message that you are giving someone. So um, people always look at me and they sit and laugh because my face speaks volumes. Um, I forget that, you know, it's not just my mind that people can't read, but they actually do read my face. Um, and... That's important for us to understand when it comes to keeping the skin in a good condition. Start younger, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and when we look at our patients in their 20s and the early 30s, they're gorgeous. They don't need anything. Um, the facial structure is still there. The bone is still where it's supposed to be. You're at your be- most beautiful. But the skin is aging. Mm. So you want to keep the skin nice and tight and plump and shiny and bright. And you don't want a lot of invasive kinds of treatments and you don't don't want to put uh, fillers if it's not necessary. So your um, biostimulator there for me is the perfect product. It's an investment. Yeah. There's there's a couple of other things that make the biostimulators so special. And this is number one. They are natural products. They come from the fermentation of fibers. And it creates three peptides, basically. You have lactic acid, you have propion, um, and you have butyrate. Mm-hmm. Now, lactic acid stimulates um, an inflammatory reaction. Just think about it when you exercise and your muscles are stiff and sore. Mm-hmm. That's a buildup of lactic acid and it creates that inflammatory reaction. So when we have that controlled inflammatory reaction in the skin, it's like giving your skin a workout, like just like you do at the gym. Um, and that keeps the skin nice and healthy and young. Um, The other thing about them is they are biocompatible. So this is not something that you will have a reaction to because they are similar to what the body has. It's natural lactic acid. Um, And for me, I think one of the biggest selling points for a majority of people who now don't want foreign substances is that it's biodegradable. Mm. Lactic acid breaks down into water and carbon dioxide. And so does your polyallactic acid um, biostimulator. Over time, those particles that have been encapsulated by the giant cells break down into water and carbon dioxide. And this is different to your tissue fillers. Um, where there are foreign substances like BDDE, which is not natural to the skin. Uh, Most of these products are made from hyaluronic acid. So hyaluronic acid is natural, but hyaluronic acid also breaks down. But it's what keeps the hyaluronic acid stable, BDDE, et cetera, et cetera, which is foreign to the skin. And that can give us problems later on. We have things like delayed onset reactions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I don't see that with the biostimulators. So for someone who wants to do something that's really effective, but really healthy, Mm -hmm. this is a very good option. Absolutely. And I think also... What's nice about the the results that you get is the longevity of the result when it is in comparison to to other um, procedures and options on the market. Absolutely, Your Honor, Lauren. One of the things that we need to remember it's because it's natural collagen stimulation. Yes. Um, the results are long are long lasting. We need to just make it very clear that results are slow in onset Mm -hmm. and gradual. 
But that's what most people nowadays want. They don't want to look like a clone of a Kardashian. Um, they don't want to suddenly walk out of your practice and everyone says, oh, my God, did you see she did a face again? Mm. They want something that's gradual, mm-hmm. that's natural and long lasting. Because let's face it, any kind of aesthetic in, uh, treatment um, is an investment. It takes money to do these. So you want the biggest bang for your buck, mm-hmm. but still look yourself and you look natural. Um, So we're looking at the longevity for a treatment, um, which is a course. Uh, I I just need to emphasize that. And Lauren, we need to circle back to that Mm -hmm. of at least two and a half years. Um, More than 80% of women who completed the sculptural course say that after two and a half years, they are still more than satisfied with the result. They would definitely want to do it again, and they would be very inclined to refer someone to do the same treatment. And we can't always say that with your tissue fillers. Your tissue fillers are not long-lasting. Most doctors would say to you, you know what, it's claimed that a tissue filler lasts about 18 months. Now, I've been in aesthetic practice for 22 years. I've trained hundreds of doctors and more than hundreds of doctors. And I I always say to them, you know what, when it comes to your fillers, don't promise your patient 18 months. Tell them this is going to last you nine months to a year. And then that product starts breaking down um, as if you are a healthy person who exercises a lot, et cetera, et cetera. It breaks down further, which is different to your biostimulators because the healthier you are, the more and better quality of collagen you're going to um, produce by activating more and more fibroblasts. So, you know, but these clear differences um, – between, I like using these two products together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's phenomenal, and I would um, like to refer the patient or, or the listeners to uh, the Doctor Mark Aesthetic website. Uh, you can just Google www.theclinic.com. Go onto the aesthetic part of a website. Go and take a look at the befores and afters um, of combination treatments that we've done, and even of just. Um, uh, uh, your biostimulatory treatments that we've done. And uh, you know what? You will see that um, when done correctly and placed correctly, these patients have a phenomenally good natural-looking result. And I think that's what we need to emphasize that it gives us a natural result if done correctly. What I also love about biostimulators is even if you just do a one treatment course of it, you'll never return to your baseline starting point. So if you look at a graph and you take your your aging uh, graph in terms of doing nothing to your skin, you are going to have this line. And then once you've done a sculpture treatment, you're going to have this beautiful incline. But 
it will never go back to the baseline the original line. line. The original yeah. line. It shifts. Yeah. It yeah. shifts the line. It shifts you to a more youthful uh, condition. Why? Because you've stimulated natural collagen. This is not something that breaks down. Um, and you, the fibroblasts, once you've activated them and you keep them healthy and stimulated, mm. they keep on working. It's just like, uh, I want to say, any domestic. Um, you know what? They start, or anyone that's in a new job, you start off with vigor. And then, you know what, you get bored and, you know what, you get lazy and things start breaking down mm. and switching off. Um, and once you've reawakened those cells, you know what, it, they go through that whole couple of years before they start slowing down again. Mm. So doing these treatments may be um, your initial course, and we'll talk about that now, Um and then maybe a maintenance treatment every year or every two years, keep them going at the same level as, you know, what, what, once you've done your initial treatment. And so, is there anything that you can do to, like, enhance the treatment? So, like, um, you mentioned if you're healthy and you work out, but, like, does a good skin routine also help? Or, like, drinking lots of water help if you also do the biostimulators? Yes, okay. there are simple things that you can do. Lifestyle changes, number one. I have so many patients walking into my practice and they say they want to go for DNA and gene testing. And then I look at them and I say, okay, and once you've done that, what are you going to do? <laughs> Continue um, living a bad um, Okay, so the gene testing is going to tell you, you might develop bad disease and bad disease. How do we prevent that? You live a healthy lifestyle. You get enough sleep. You don't smoke. You don't drink too much alcohol. Actually, you shouldn't be drinking alcohol at all. I don't agree with that one. I'll go nuts. Um, and then, you know what? You, you exercise on a regular basis. You keep your weight stable. And that's how you live a healthy lifestyle. So when it comes to the skin, it's exactly the same principle. Okay. There's simple things that you do, just do not do. You do not smoke. You do not go into the sun. Simple. And you will have good skin. You use the sunscreen and you use a good moisturizer. Okay? The rest of the stuff, nice to have, not essential. Unless you have an underlying skin condition like acne or eczema, you know what, then we need to go a little bit more targeted. I, I always tell my patients, my grandmother at the age of 75 didn't have a wrinkle on her face, not one wrinkle on her face. Yes, you know what, we have a lot of Mediterranean um, influence in our skin and my family uh, specifically. And, you know, what darker skin types don't wrinkle as much, but they are more prone to pigmentation. And what my uh, grandmother used, she washed her face twice a day with rooibos tea. She made a pot of rooibos tea um, and she washed her face with rooibos tea and she used Pond's Vanishing Cream. Mm -hmm. It's not expensive. Um, and you know what? She was an avid athlete. She was in the sun all day, um, but she was healthy and active and she had great skin at the age of 75. So living healthily is good. Um, when you do any kind of other treatment that augments and on its own stimulate 
uh, collagen production. And here we are thinking of things like um, microneedling, where you create a mechanical injury to the skin. That skin needs to heal. It's an inflammatory process. You have some growth factors that's released from this injury. That stimulates collagen production. You can look at some of your energy-based devices, uh, lasers, light therapy, etc., etc. So there's a lot that you can add to a biostimulator, but the biostimulator for me is always uh, the place where you start. You start with your biostimulator because it enhances everything else. And now you can augment with add-on treatments, which is simple, cheap, effective if done correctly. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Anything needs to be done by a trained professional that really know what they do and understand not only skin, but facial anatomy, facial structure, and more important than anything else, the dynamics of the face and the skin. Mark, when you do a, a biostimulation treatment, do you advise certain supplementation to enhance the, the result? Absolutely. Um, for me, you know what, um, vitamin C, B vitamins, um, vitamin D, um, and good collagen supplements um, really go a long way. We, we are waking up the production line when it comes to collagen. So you need to make sure that you supply the factory with everything that it needs to manufacture your end product, which is collagen. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Our diets, et cetera, et cetera, are lacking in micronutrients and trace elements more often than not. Um, when it comes to collagen supplementation, I advise one of two products. For one simple reason, both of these products have scientific studies to support the absorption, the bioavailability, and the effect of the collagen that they have. And this is proactive and gold collagen from evolution. Um, your harvest table, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't seen scientific studies about these. And then, you know what, you can order on take a lot or on one day only so many different kinds of collagen. And I always tell my patients, if I take a horse's hoof and I grind it up, there's collagen in there. Sure. Are you going to absorb that collagen out of your gut? No. So it's all about getting a good quality product that's bioavailable. It needs to be absorbed in a way that the body can use. And I find that a lot of the products do not meet that requirement. It's collagen. There's collagen in there. There might be high quantities of collagen in there, but it's not bioavailable so the body can't use it. And then you're wasting your money. Talking about science behind a product, you know, from a patient's perspective and possibly from your li listeners, it's not something that they delve into on a product-to-product -product selection base. 
yet it's so important. How does a patient or a consumer choose a practitioner who they can believe is has a, a scientific approach to to their their not just their treatments but the products that they use in their practice how do they know lauren i think that's actually quite difficult it's very difficult for patients mm. um you know what shopping around for a practitioner is not an easy and a cheap thing to do um most of your big injectors most of your established esthetician or aesthetic practitioners would see a patient and charge a consultation fee because you are taking my time. I'm a professional and in my field, I'm a specialist. So there's a cost to that. Mm. And then going and just looking um, and hearing what they have to say gives you more of an idea of whether you are comfortable with them rather than their skill set. I don't like social media when it comes to aesthetics for one simple reason. Someone that posts a before and after picture only show you the best results. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't speak to necessarily their skill when it comes to you and understanding you. Each of us like to specialize, I want to say, in a specific area. For me, it's injectables. You know what? I've been uh, focusing my practice on the neuromodulators, the fillers, the biostimulators, um, and specifically certain areas. Mm -hmm. um, you have very good practitioners that skilled in everything. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say that I think I'm one of them. But when you have doctors who are focusing on a certain demographic, um, lip augmentations for younger girls, and that's basically all they do. So suddenly when they're confronted with a patient of 60, they don't really know what to do. So I find that word of mouth is a far better way of selecting um, your practitioner. Uh, social media, you know what, it creates awareness, but it doesn't really explain what you can do and what you specialize in and the amount of knowledge that you've accrued over time. Certificates on walls, yeah, you know what, babe, a dime a dozen. Every time that we attend a conference or a workshop, you know what, I get a certificate. So um, I can attend, for instance, a, a workshop on uh, a, a nose and that certificate is against my wall. But it's one of the most dangerous areas in the face to treat and probably one of the most difficult to really get right because of the safety concerns. And, you know, with the certificate sitting on someone's wall, but they've only done one nose and that was in the training session. So suddenly when you walk in there and you see the certificate, you know what, you don't know how many noses they've treated. You don't know on how many of those nose did they, got, did they get complications. And more importantly, how did they manage the complication? When I refer my patients for surgery, for instance, I always tell them, there's one question you have to ask. 
is show me your worst result, your biggest complication that you had, and show me how you managed it. You want to know that someone can manage the complication, not just do the work. Um, but if something goes wrong, how are they going to manage it? And then what are the results? Um, and that for me is incredibly important. So it's, it's difficult. It's, I think, a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is the practitioner that you go to personable? Does he understand your expectations? And this is another difficult thing, is understanding a patient's expectation. It doesn't matter if I do the best treatment, but the patient is not happy with the results. There was no complications. The patient looks great, but that's not what they wanted. You didn't meet the expectation. Just think about it when you walk into your hairdresser. And you know what you say to them? You know what? I want it like this and like this. Um, I want to look like Jennifer Aniston. I want the Jennifer Aniston hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? They give you the Jennifer Aniston hairstyle, but it doesn't suit your face. Exactly. And suddenly you look at this and you say, but I'm not happy with this. This is not right. But I gave you what you asked for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Your, your understanding, the practitioner's understanding mm-hmm. and um, meeting the patient's expectations is ultimately what makes for a happy patient and a good practitioner. And this all boils down to facial assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do a consultation with my patients, an aesthetic consultation for the first time, I plonk them in front of one of the biggest mirrors um, that you've ever seen. They hate it. Um, and we go through exactly what they're seeing in the face Uh, I get them to score their faces um, and then I explain to them why they are seeing. Um, We spoke earlier about changes to the skull, changes to your fat compartments, displacement of ligament uh, implantations because of the movement of the skull. It's not the ligament that shortens or lengthens. It's the fact that you know what, it's now moving the, the implantation and the origin um, relatively to one another changes and that leads to changes in tissue. Um, so you need to understand that. Um, then you need to understand how the face moves and what's going to happen when you change uh, the dynamics of the face. You need to have a very, very good understanding of the properties of a product that you're going to use because every single product has slightly different properties. You need to understand what the product is capable of before you even decide on where you're going to place it. It's about understanding what it's going to do once it's in there. So often my patients come to me and, um, you know, I I look at them and I say, "Mm." Uh, I can't see the result before um, right now. And then I say to them, I'm not treating you today. Um, For one simple reason, if you don't know where you're working towards, um, it doesn't help that you know where you are. Mm -hmm. So you you need to be able to define a clear path. 
So visualization, knowing what's going to happen, is key in giving a patient a good result. I was going to ask you, Dr. Mark, have you ever turned away a patient who might have walked in and um, this is what I've just seen on TV where they're like, boom, I want to look like Kim Kardashian and that's it. Like that's all they want to hear. Often. Can yeah. Oh, Often. Okay. Sure. Often. For one simple reason, um, the patient's expectations are unrealistic. Mm. Um, you know, it, it becomes like a little puppy that discovers its tail. Uh, it, you start chasing your tail and you never catch it. And eventually that puppy starts spinning and, you know, it, it runs into a table, gong, knocked out. Um, so, yeah, um, I often have patients, for instance, that come in and they say they want bigger lips. And then I say to them, but if I give you bigger, more defined lips, you're going to look like Mrs. Potato Head. For one simple reason, the whole perioral area, so the whole area around your mouth um, is too small or um, the proportions don't allow us to change the shape of or the volume of your lip or the projection of your lip. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes back to facial assessment where it's all about proportion in the face. So um, it's that simple thing. A girl with uh, a tiny waist and big boobs, she looks out of proportion. It looks as if she's going to fall over. Same with lips and same with cheeks. It needs to enhance facial proportions and beauty and not be the sole focus because, you know, if you have these pumped up lips with a weak chin or nasolabial folds or bad quality skin, it just looks odd. Um, you are too young to remember this. Did you ever watch The Young and the Restless? Oh, yes. I, okay. I lived with my grandmother. <laughs> okay. So do you remember, remember Hunter Tylo? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't she one of the most she beautiful, 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 yeah. oh, was it and the bold Beautiful? And beautiful. Oh, okay. Bolden right, the Mark. Beautiful. <laughs> so she was one of the most beautiful Stunning. people for me on earth. Yes. And then suddenly she had this flat tire um, as a top lip. Mm. And you know what? It changed her completely. She went from so sexy and so attractive to someone that you just look odd. And that's the thing that we need to guard against. So understanding that body dysmorphic patient, the moment that they walk into your practice, there's a couple of easy ways to identify them. I've been to this guy and that guy and that guy and, you know, this one was banned and that one was banned. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, what? Uh, you just refer them to your biggest competitor, usually it's... Um, well, actually, you, sh you should be referring them to a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. No, you know, yeah. but absolutely, people do have body dysmorphia. Yeah. I think all of us have some kind of issue with our body. For me, it's my wobbly stomach. You won't say it uh, when you see me in close. Do you agree? Yeah. No, no. Okay. But you know what? When I take my shirt off and I look in the mirror, I feel fat and flabby, which I'm not. Um, I have a good definition. I don't have a sex back, but I have good definition. But I still feel fat. So that's my body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. um, but people get 
caught up. And I think social media, and here I squarely blame the Kardashians, mm. um, completely created unrealistic expectations with especially younger girls and women. And I think a lot of the younger generation believe that looking good is going to make their li- them have a good life. Mm. So they're making that connection. So when, when patients are going to doctors and wanting these extreme changes, they're wanting to feel better about themselves, but sometimes it's a much deep-rooted issue. So they never get the satisfaction from whatever the doctor is doing. The poor guy is trying to mix and match and do all these procedures and they're never getting a satisfied patient because there's something else that's at at play. Simpiwe, I had patients who would say to me, when I'm sitting in front of my mirror, I can see a little line there. So I ask them, okay, I can't see the line, show me. No, 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 no. So give me the mirror. So I give him the hand mirror. So when you hold the mirror above your head like this and you look at the side mirror, you know what, when I do this, you know what, I see that line. And I think to myself, oh, my God, who who puts a mirror on the top of their heads and look in the side mirror, not the front mirror, and do a funny face? Um, You know what, you are nuts. But that's a body dysmorphic patient. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back yes. to biostimulators because um, we're 50 minutes into the show. I don't know how it's that crazy, happened. Yeah. Okay, biostimulators. There's a couple of them on the market. The original biostimulator in South Africa, the first one that came onto the market was Sculptra. Mm-hmm. It's the first one in the world. It's 25 years old, people. So there is so much research. It's got more papers published than all the other biostimulators combined. Mark Safety is the studies. Only biostimulator that has any published papers. Okay. So Lauren is the expert. Um, there are new biostimulators in South Africa. The original is Sculptra, it's poly L lactic acid. It's biocompatible, it's biodegradable, it gives us natural results, treating everything in the skin. Laxity, sagging, volume, luminosity, pigmentation, scarring, etc., etc. It's not only for the face. It's a brilliant treatment for necks, certain types of loose skin on the abdomen, mm-hmm. so your your thin patients who's starting to feel a little bit crapey and loose. Post-pregnancy. Um, post-pregnancy patient works well. We can use it for arms, uh, the top of the arms, um, when skin starts becoming lax. So, you know, do that pinch test. It's laxity. Um, we even use it for bum augmentations. Works well. But it's for a certain age group. It's brilliant for cellulite treatment if the cellulite is not too severe. Um, And we can even treat um, the legs and the knees by creating firmness and um, decreasing the laxity and the sagging in the skin. That's the biostimulators. Um, 
it's a course of treatment. If we look at the typical treatment protocol, it's one treatment for each decade um, of life, six to eight weeks apart. Certain people do it as early as four weeks. In my practice, I always give it time to start working. Um, cost, these are not cheap procedures to do. Average cost here in Johannesburg, somewhere between six and a half and eight thousand rand. The more experience for practitioner, um, the, the higher the price. So, you know what? Don't go for price only, rather go for skill um, because it's all about placement of a product. Very, very little um, side effects. Very, I think... Well, absolutely. And that's what I just wanted to quickly add. In terms of um, uh, selecting based on price with your practitioner, it is a very low, complicated uh, uh, product. And the complications that occur are very likely technique-based. So that is why with experience of a practitioner... The, the the safety and risk um, aspect of it is, is a lot better. So pay that a little bit more. Pay that a little bit more. Get the best kind of result. Live a healthy lifestyle to add to the effect and save your collagen. If we live healthy, eat well, sleep well, don't smoke, don't drink too much alcohol, you know what, you keep your fibroblasts active in the first place. So that's that's one of the big things that we need to remember. Um, some of the other aesthetic treatments that we can very safely combine mm-hmm. with a biostimulator is your neuromodulators. Um, so and in of colloquial terms, this is Botox. Uh, again, I just want to um, address that Botox is a registered trade and brand name like Panado, mm-hmm. which is paracetamol. So you have three neuromodulators available in South Africa. Disport, which is in the Galderma portfolio, um, long-lasting, quick and onset, very good neuromodulator. Botox, which is the one that most people are familiar with, and that's in the Allegan range. And then you have uh, Zuman, which is new to the South African market, not new abroad, mm-hmm. and it's in the Ibsen range. Am I correct? No, so actually… Um, Eastern, Eastern. I'm not too sure about Zuman, but just to clarify, the in South Africa, the sport is with Asino. Um, Asino, but it's made by… It forms part of a Galderma yeah, range of products. Your um, tissue fillers, you can very safely combine them as long as you're working in different planes. Um, with this, remember, with a filler, you don't want an inflammatory reaction and your biostimulator is going to give you a controlled inflammatory reaction so we don't put them in the same area at the same time. Usually for my patients... I give him two weeks between um, treatments if I'm going to use both of them. For certain patients, you can use them at the same time for an instant result that's long-lasting. But, you know, but then you need to make sure that you're not placing the product 
um, in the same area at the same depth of the skin. And then you can use your uh, microneedlings, your energy-based and light devices to augment collagen stimulation. Safe, again, there needs to be intervals um, between these treatments. I would say nothing shorter than a month apart, four weeks between energy-based devices and biostimulators. Um, and then, Mark, I think one of the things you and I have often seen is patients love the idea of these treatments, they love the gradual, the, the safety profile of it, but what their biggest fear is what they're going to feel while getting these treatments. And I think you and I have seen many a time where a patient comes in a little bit nervous and then says, was that it? Yeah, you know, but I think this is also technique um, related. If you have a good technique, the, pain, the treatment is absolutely comfortable. Mm. Um, there, there shouldn't be any pain. If your technique is bad, you're going to hit structures which the patient is going to jump and say, okay, fine, I, I don't want to do this again. This was painful. Um, but that comes with experience and technique. Mm -hmm. The product contains uh, a local anesthetic, lidocaine, um, and it's the lidocaine actually that makes the treatments, um, gives it that one out of 10 um, discomfort level because a, a, a local anesthetic burns uh, for a fraction of a second when you inject it. So it's a, it's, it's a slight sting and uh, not pain. There's, there's a very big difference to that. Okay, so um, uh, Lawrence and Peewee gave me the lasso. So that means that I have to wrap up. Um, as um, a last closing comment from you, as uh, someone who's been in the aesthetic industry, you've seen, as have I, um, treatments come and go and you know what um do you think that biostimulators are going to stand the test of time like your neuromodulators and your tissue fillers absolutely i think in the 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 new age that we're entering it is targeting a, a market that is much more um wanting the natural the long-lasting um and the whole aesthetic industry is starting to become a little bit more regenerative in approach where biostimulation will fall into that category. So I think it's here to stay. I, I cannot agree with you more. I think, um, you know, with, with the safety uh, profile that um, biostimulators, and in this instance specifically Sculptra, has um, over the past 25 years and the broad range of indications that can be addressed from a young age deep into your 60s and even into your 70s. This is a phenomenal product that, according to me, will only get better over time mm. and start replacing some of your more invasive treatments like surgery it's definitely delaying surgery and the need for surgery in my practice um, and I think some of the uh, 
plastic surgeons and reconstructive surgeons agree that, you know, it wears that time when um, a facelift is not really indicated, but, you know, what we need to do something to improve the quality and the look of the skin. Um, and this buys time. So I think that if you start younger and doing a couple of these treatments, you know, it definitely delays the onset of more invasive therapies. Lauren, thank you for joining us. Um, It's always a pleasure to have guests on the show, especially informed guests like yourself. Um, Sampiwe, what are we talking about next week? I have no idea, Dr. Mark. Next week? Oh, okay, (laughs) fine. I always have to ask this question before the answer comes to me. So um, on on our... um, a real health show that um, is broadcasted on the home channel on DSTV. Um, we as the T Clinic is focusing on sexual dysfunction. Now, on our podcast, we spoke about sexual dysfunction uh, a couple of times, but Sister Elise and I um, decided to um, keep it in the same um on the same topic on, on the podcasts, and we'll be delving into sexual dysfunction. Exactly what is sexual dysfunction? What are the different types of sexual dysfunction that we have? How does it differ between men and women? And you know what? If you um, just want a brief overview, sexual dysfunction is not only low libido or a lack of erectile functioning. There's so much more that play a role, and we'll be addressing that in our next two shows. Until then, we wish you all the best in health. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.